You sit atop a grain silo. You've taken out three enemies with your trusty sniper rifle, but their teammates have come back for revenge. They're now climbing the grain silo like nightmarish monkey men from Planet of the Apes. You stand there loading your shotgun. <sighs> Each chamber getting filled after the last one. You cock your gun, stand up, and look down the grain silo, and suddenly they're gone! Where did they go? Suddenly you hear a whooshing in the air above you. Dear God. The monkey men developed wings! Hello, and welcome to Head Mounted Destinations, a podcast about virtual reality and VR game development. We provide our perspectives as developers and provide a peek behind the curtain for people interested in how VR games are made. I'm Matt. I'm a gameplay programmer, and with me... I'm Carlos, and I'm a game designer. So, I played Pop 1, finally. Population 1. Yay! The VR Battle Royale, and uh, I don't want to be ungracious towards it. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, interesting uh does that mean you like it or not like it i have played I, quite a bit myself and i like it overall i noticed there are friction points though to be fair i only played like a couple of hours and i i would say a half of that was like the war mode the 9v9 oh yes i haven't tried the 9v9 mode yet i'm really excited to check that out but the 3v3 feels pretty good. The 9v9 is great because it puts you into a voice chat lobby with everyone on your team. Oh my so god. So it's, it's literally just like Xbox Live gamer time. <laughs> just like everyone. It's because there's not even distance attenuation. So everyone oh is in everyone's voice. Oh my god. I was just going to ask. Has, yeah. Because they do yeah. distance, I mean, they do distance attenuation for the three-man squad, don't they? Like, I vaguely recall I'm not able to hear my friends when they go relief. No, I might be wrong, uh, They They do it in the lobby, in the pregame lobby. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Because then it's everyone is in and you can talk with the enemies and, and so you can't hear people that are more than like 10 feet away. Right, something. so when you're in the actual match now, no matter where your eight other friends are scattered, you can just hear them in your ear. Yes. Um and it's just it's also absurd because at that point it's essentially a 9 9v9 deathmatch with yeah. one life on this giant map and it's just so you're just like ambling around for a couple of minutes just kidding up and then like finally there's an engagement and basically everyone goes to wherever the fight is <laughs> and there's just this giant battle and then one team wins. It's so bizarre, but like it's one of those things where I wouldn't buy the game for it, but the fact that it's here and it's just this like raw, just like get dumped into a voice chat with a bunch of people and like play this kind of lame shooter, it's so precious. I don't know. It's one of those moments you want to capture. Yeah, the community side of things is very cool and fun and wacky at times, um, but... I, I agree. Like when I said earlier that the there are friction points in the game that I noticed, I would say like despite those friction points, the overall experience and package comes together to really sell this fun game. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's like the minimum required to execute on the concept, I would say. Yes, but big but it accomplishes a greater experience despite it being those basic ingredients 
it's like I'm tasting a pretty damn delicious gumbo, even though the cooks went to the dollar store to get all the ingredients. You know what I mean? Sure. I think it's like a very basic soup, but it's fun because you're with friends. Yeah. And I think you'd be having a good time anywhere. And this is just playing up on the various associations you have with other Battle Royale games. But it doesn't bring anything to the table, and it could be a lot better. It could certainly be better. It doesn't bring anything majorly new to the game, besides maybe that, like, T-posing flight ability. But then again, in Apex Legends, you know, you have the ability to zip line up and then, like, skydive elsewhere. But in terms of like VR Battle Royale, I feel like this one maybe had one or two slightly different things from the other ones on the market. And, you know, it helps that like it's on the quest and all it has that community and the quest is sort of like looking for something to latch onto. And this could very much be that game, just like Echo is. It is impressive, technically, that like that what they managed to do on the quest, I'm impressed. In, in terms of visual and all the stuff like they managed to cram into the game yeah specifically what are you looking at are you thinking like render distance yeah i mean just like having that huge map and like all the characters and the fact that it's 18 people in a game with the voice chat and it has okay shading like it's not mm-hmm. that typical flat shading that we see on quest games it just does it a little bit better. It's not noticeably bad. Yeah. Uh, like, it. it's impressive because it's a big game in terms of where you're able to go and what you're able to do, and it looks fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a technical standpoint, like, great job getting the map to actually load in at all times, getting a bunch of players in there. Uh, one thing I did notice is that the rendering distance for, like, pickups and stuff is farther on quest 2 by at least like five meters i don't see that as like a horrible horrible gameplay advantage but it is certainly a gameplay advantage nonetheless being able to spot things from farther away Um, but when it comes to players i'm pretty sure that uh, you're visible no matter what the distance it doesn't do that pickup thing that it was doing on the other headset i okay i have to give them props because now that i'm getting it out getting out my opinion i'm sure they they had some design envelope where it was like we need to almost match other battle royales that aren't in vr Mm -hmm. feature parody wise obviously the most egregious example of that is the building walls which is like oh we gotta have this because fortnite but so given what they're working with in terms of like we gotta make a game that's like this there are some really good choices. The climb anywhere, fantastic decision. Awesome, always awesome. Yeah, it just uses that aspect of VR of like being able to hold with one hand and like peek over things and and just like having a better 3D awareness. It creates more opportunity for immersion, right? Like climb anywhere means hey, you can interact with your environment. Use that how you will. And then you get the very Breath of the Wild sandbox element of i am now in the middle of a scenario 
I have the knowledge that I can climb anywhere or grab anything, and I am going to use that to my advantage here, right? Like if you're at a gunfight at the tower or some sort of building, you can say to your friends, like, yo, cover me, like just shoot covering fire. I'm going to climb this building, get over it and flank them. And like, you are now more immersed. You are more grounded because you are like actively tethering yourself to the environment in a physical way, but then mentally already laying the groundwork logic of like okay i can i can touch my environment i can maneuver around my environment that's already like happening in your head at a subconscious level and consciously you're now doing problem solving that accepts that you are a part of that fake world and you're actively trying to solve the combat scenario with that information yeah all the geometry in the world is brought into the like stage of play Which, I mean, like, if the game didn't have that... It would be very boring. Yeah, it would would be so much worse. And so the Climb Anywhere both gets over any issue you might have with the, like, joystick movement implementation, and it introduces verticality into the, the combat. So that was very smart. And then the inventory system, I actually quite liked. The the wheel that you bring up with one hand, it's very easy to select slots and as you gain backpack slots that wheel just gets more and more divided i don't think it gets more divided oh does it unlock yeah the the circle the circle has x number of cells in it and then uh each cell just has like a locked symbol or something right right okay and then as you pick up backpacks uh the cells become active that was basically unnoticeable because it worked so well i agree i really like that system uh, a lot of their systems are just pick it up and go. And I like that. The only stuff that isn't, if I recall correctly, is like the guns and maybe the health. Okay, so like guns are pick up, then you need to like load it and, and cock it, right? And health is usually pick up and then do one very simple action and then consume it, right? So for the banana, you're like, the banana is probably the most complex because you need to peel four pieces as opposed to the soda can, which is just pop the lid and put it to your mouth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all of that stuff I just mentioned just adds to the appeal of that game because those are very uh how okay, I see I see low-hanging fruit interactions for VR, but they are happening often enough that it just has that oh, I'm in VR, like this is fun feeling and it helps ground you even further. I kind of disagree. I dislike the banana. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about um, why we dislike the banana. <laughs> there's a number of reasons the most not designy of them is that who the fuck peels a banana like that <laughs> like oh let me peel this side and then this side and then this like no one peels a banana like that how do you peel a <laughs> banana if you're not you pulling all four sides do i need i need to like make like an instructional video no like peel banana wait wait you... wait wait are you talking about the upside down thing or no yeah okay so Either way, if you're if you're going from the 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 end, not the top with the stem, right? If you're going from the end, you can basically peel it in one go. <laughs> I don't know this master technique you have for bananas. Well, because the skin is flexible, and so as long as there's one seam, you can basically pop it out of the the skin in a single action. If you're going from the stem, you probably have to do one big rip and then take away another strip. But either way, it's two two actions, two peeling actions to peel a banana. 
Okay, okay. Have you been peeling bananas with more than two actions, Carlos? I have <laughs> you've been wasting minutes of your life. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't know how you've been peeling bananas, but you're going to have to send me a YouTube video because I have been doing most of the time I've been doing the four peels. The two peel technique you're talking about just sounds like whenever the stem like just doesn't let go of a certain part of the peel for me. But I will say now bringing it to a more like game focused like yeah. reason why I don't like it is because it is far more steps than any of the other health items and the grabbing point I just don't really like how small it is, I think. I tend to get kind of like tripped over myself in terms of hands when i like go to reach at the top and pull down and then i'll like reach at the top again and pull down like sometimes you won't pull down the peel enough and it'll like mm -hmm. snap back up or something like that which was amazing to me because a lot of the other interactions in the game are super forgiving right the yeah like reloading it's just like, it's, oh. it's almost binary yeah exactly and then the, the banana is super finicky so they definitely could have improved the the wake you know just made it less finicky however mm -hmm. i do like that it requires a lot of action because it's it's very well balanced i guess yeah of like you you have to do this thing but then you get a big reward for having occupied your time you get a bunch of health back immediately versus the soda can which is you do a small thing and you get a little bit of health over time Right. And shield is also like shield. You don't have to do any special interaction. You just grab it and it automatically gets added to your shield pool, which I like. And it goes to your point about things having importance and time being linked to that level of importance. Like the revive. Like the rev. Oh, Jesus. The revive, man. Yeah. Talk about freaking time crunch and, and being in a tight scenario. Like whenever one of your buddies is dead and, you, and you're in a firefight and you tell one guy like, cover me. And you're just like ro rotating your hands together for however many seconds, but you feel like it's an eternity. And on top of that, like the people, your enemies can hear that shit winding up. So it makes it feel mm -hmm. like you have even less time to do it. Um, but that, yeah, I think the defib interact is the longest interact by far because you are charging oh, that ridiculously meter. long. Yeah, because you're charging that meter. And I kind of would like to see some items or equipment get added in that might be able to modify things like revive time. Um, well, and I'd, I'd especially like to see the defib action have nuance to it yeah. where like maybe there's techniques to get it to charge faster. I think there is, but I have not found anything concrete to prove that. Okay, to me, it just felt like a linear meter. Oh, for for me, I felt like I was like getting faster progress when I was like circling the paddles around each other, like facing each other, as opposed to say sliding them up and down, grinding them against each other. Huh. Okay, well, I'll have to try that. Yeah, let let let's mess around with that a little bit next time we play Pop One. But so I guess just like my broad feeling is that it's not a VR battle royale really nothing about it really takes advantage of vr except maybe the, cl the climbing anywhere and the verticality and like the hanging off and shooting if you're doing that but everything else is just either a flat gameplay mechanic adapted to vr mm -hmm. or it's a gimmick Okay. Like the 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 banana is like like you peel a banana in with your hand like real banana. And <laughs> you're like okay, all right. Like you did 
what you could with the concept of like making sure you get a big reward for the time invested mm-hmm. and it occupies your hands, but it's not interesting enough to I don't know. It's like it sounds like the VR interactions aren't quite as in depth or maybe as precise as you're hoping for in a typical VR game. But for the sake of like being in a heated combat scenario and needing to just like complete an action immediately, I think the interacts serve their job on that front. Yeah, let me. It's less that I have issue with the specific interacts or their implementation. Let, let me illustrate with some spitballing mm-hmm. of, of ideas. If I had to go back to the drawing board on this and rework it. I would slow the player way down. Movement just be a lot slower, at least in terms of the base walking and potentially expanding with sort of non-standard mobility stuff like being able to teleport between pads or being able to throw teleportation balls where you can like go through a portal or having like one person in the squad who has a teleport ability and can teleport everyone with them. Or, you know, adding in vehicles, not not even necessarily like full vehicles, but like some sort of like moving platform system where everyone can hop on and you can go to a destination and like shoot off while it's moving. Mm-hmm. So like taking away from the just like, let me strafe in all directions super fast and run around like a person with my joystick and instead get people to focus on like taking cover in their play space and like staying in one spot. And, and exchanging fire with people and sort of, I guess, remove fast mobility from the gunplay would be one big thing because yeah. it basically just devolves into let me like strafe around with the joystick while shooting. You run into the issue of you're trying to do things with your hands and also go in a direction with the joystick, which is hard to control. And like it's shitty to aim at the distance the combat happens while you're moving and the other person's moving. And it's just like, relatively unsatisfying and i think i blame a lot of that on the mobility there's also the distance at which the gunplay happens and the time to kill which i think you could play with i I think you could make weapons way less accurate and make time to kill higher to just like drag out that face-to-face combat right because the sweet spot in vr is literally two meters hardware wise i think in a lot of cases is like Two meters is the best distance for something to be at. So, like, closer is better. Just you can see more because, you know, you have more pixels on the object. And, like, you have better angular precision in terms of aiming. And it sucks to try to aim at long distances in VR, period. Yeah, sniper rifles in Pop 1 are so pain in the ass to use. It's like, what? I, at times, question why even include them. Sniper rifles feel... I mean, granted, you know, if you can make a sniper rifle shooting gallery game and it probably feels awesome, but yeah, trying to like shoot a target with a sniper rifle in VR is at times the most annoying thing. <laughs> now that being said, I absolutely loved it in Phantom Covert Ops. So, so there is something to it. Uh, but granted in that game, again, most of the enemies are like slow moving, standing around, they're on a predictable patrol, that type of thing. Yeah, it works a lot less in multiplayer. Yeah, and so uh, I kind of disagree with your overall opinion on the game, I suppose. Like you said, it's not a VR battle royale, and I kind of agree with that. Like, 
I agree with that with like a very light asterisk next to it because to me this feels at least out of all the VR battle royales that I've heard about this sounds and feels the most like it was made for VR it may not have all these like VR first implementations and thinkings but it at least currently feels like most at home in a VR medium like for that game they execute on it pretty well but at its heart it is a Fortnite-esque battle royale but ported to VR but they execute on it well what it's not is someone saying what's great about battle royale from like a very high level player experience right yeah. what what makes these games fun and then going, all right, how do we make a VR game that captures that same player experience from a high level? That's not what it is. It's we have X, Y, and Z mechanics, right? We have like pickups on the ground. You go into buildings, you loot. You can build walls and you have guns and the guns have yeah. like legendary or rare and different stars that make them powerful and you need to collect ammo. And then you have the squad and you're moving around this map that you drop into at the start. Like it's all the laundry list of mechanics from regular battle royale games but ported to vr ported well but just ported right to to kind of illustrate your example further it was like hey here's all the things that you already listed we think this is gonna you know be the bare bones minimum to make a fun battle royale game within vr now that we're doing this within vr which of these mechanics can we really lean into vr and then how can we do that which i think is fine obviously you know you run into the issues that we were both talking about and eventually we will get that like made fully and only for like vr type game but i think that this is definitely the best step forward so far and like having those conversations of like uh like what can we add here that might be more vr centric like who knows if flying was even in the in the game before they thought about like what can we do with vr right I guess, yeah, no, it's from a marketing angle, especially, and like a, a player comfort thing of like, people only want what seems familiar, mm -hmm. right? It's like the most advanced yet familiar or whatever the, the principle is of like, people need something to connect with at a, like a con conceptual level and making it like, oh, it's Fortnite, but in VR or w whatever. Mm -hmm works right because like it's just easier to digest than some like super from the ground up designed for vr battle royale which people just visually looking at trailers or whatever or, or hearing it described wouldn't be as accepting because it's not like the thing that they've had fun with before so like i get that makes sense from you know a commercial perspective but also a design perspective Yet, it is hardly the best experience you could have in VR if you're trying to nail that, like, drop in with a squad and, like, hash it out with a bunch of other squads of people and, like, level up over the game and have epic showdowns and generate these, like, narratives of, like, oh, we were here and then we went there and we engaged the squad and then hunted down the guy and then this other squad came in and, like, you get those cool stories out of playing a game. Uh, one, one even one session of a battle royale all those high level appealing aspects could be nailed so much better with just like a different design <laughs> yeah yeah 
But at least for now, we got a good fun game that uh, has some monetization in it that isn't horribly scummy. And I really appreciate that. We didn't touch on that at all. But I will just say I am totally okay with the monetization practices in Pop 1 right now. The fact that you can buy stuff in a full price game. It is what it is. like i don't know like what do you want me to say like the game should be able to live forever off of these like full price purchases like yeah i wish that was the case i mean but it's like isn't that how games work that's how games work right uh, with an ed either pay you pay up front for a package or you get a package for free which is floated by people paying for things in the game over time Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, you can, whatever, make any hybrid of that. But, like, the game costs a certain amount. I believe $30. Yeah, 30 40 yeah. And it has micro, yeah, microtransactions in it as well. So that, to me, suggests that the game is not worth 30 or $40, however much it costs. It's worth more than that, but they're offsetting the base price by introducing microtransactions, right? It's like a... Yeah. You basically, we're all getting subsidized by these people that are willing to pay for cosmetics. This doesn't feel like a game that's worth $50 or $60 or whatever it is, whatever it would be if you removed those microtransactions. So, like, to me, just my subconscious calculation as a consumer, not as a developer, but as a consumer, is that the game should have been $15 or $20 at a base price and then microtransactions on top of that for, for what it is as a package. Yeah, I could see that. Um, it's, it's a tricky thing, though. I can very much see and agree to that when I'm thinking about it from a more Steam, non-VR type player, where like prices and sales are just all over the place, and like the the value of a game has been so fucked beyond belief and confused that like it really it hurts like the vr market a lot i think and uh more anecdotally it has stopped me from buying countless games that i have been kind of interested in in vr because of the snobbish excuse of like oh i'll wait for a sale or even worse oh this sale isn't even like deep enough for me uh which in turn just says hey i don't value this product that has gotten thousands of hours from like different individuals put into it because i'm comparing it to this item in a different medium that had a different amount of people working on it and so on and so forth so like going back to your comment about the pricing of it like from a i'm just a gamer standpoint like yeah i totally agree i wish that game would have been a like $20 title, I think is a fair price given what's already in the game. And um, then, you know, subsidizing or whatever with the in with the in-game store. Uh, I will note that the in-game store didn't pop up until a couple of weeks after launch. So at least that's kind of nice. But yeah, the idea is that they want to continue gaining revenue from this game and use it more like a platform as lots of battle royale games have now become so my hope is overall that we actually see pop one go free to play one day like if it gets enough traction and makes enough money through its in-game store maybe we see it become free and far more people can now play the game 
the community gets a second explosion and we get even more cosmetic opportunity and game events through that new influx of like users and and stuff like that so while it is i'm like definitely a bit bitter to say that there is like premium transactions inside of a full price title that's more on the premium side of pricing definitely bitter about that but i try to focus on the silver lining which i hope the developers are looking at as well which is to one day make their game available to everyone and pull off more of a Fortnite thing in terms of like stability and monetization yeah i mean it's hard just in general working with a multiplayer only live service game mm-hmm. Like, that's basically one of the hardest things to pull off, especially in the market right now. Because not only are you competing against, you know, Warzone, Fortnite, all these other games that are free to play, huge live service, super polished, lots of content, you know, always getting updates because it's a live game and like backed by these huge companies. Just the fact of like getting any multiplayer only game up is really hard especially when it costs money because you need a certain minimum population in order to always have servers for people to play on otherwise you get a quote-unquote dead game where there's no no population at all and someone buys the game for money tries to play it's multiplayer only can't find a match unless you have bots but bots only go so far and then they leave a negative review because oh it's a dead game and people are even less likely to buy it and like that happens to almost every multiplayer game that launches. Yeah. So it's very hard to pull pull it off to begin with. Yeah, props to them for making it work. There's definitely something going on between them and Oculus. At least I noticed that the marketing push was pretty big for this game. And I think even now you're still seeing it on like the front page and stuff. So they've got to be doing some sort of marketing partnership with oculus or maybe they just had a good uh marketing campaign for the launch of their product Mm -hmm. and i do like that this being the price that it is basically any game being expensive is good from a developer perspective because it raises the sort of public value of like how much should i pay for a vr game and i think vr players in general are willing to pay more uh for less which is good there's sort of this understanding of like uh it's a terrible way to to view it but this is a calculation that most people do is like for an hour of vr content how many dollars am i paying and that dollar price per hour of entertainment is higher which is good versus like you can watch tv basically for free and like play a lot of pc games for free especially with the epic game store giving stuff away or steam sales being absurdly low we're to, to yeah. the point of like you sort of price your game based on if it's going to be 25% off, then it's the actual price. We see that now. Exactly. And what gets lost in the sauce when you're doing all these types of calculations is the fact that you're actually in that game world. Like it's very easy to forget that. And that feeling is magical. Like no matter how many times you kind of go through it being in the game world you know climbing the tower hanging off a wall like a fucking orangutan with an (laughs) ak-47 as if it's planet of the apes just before you get an epic w in a battle royale like that is shit that you certainly would be okay paying eight dollars for one hour to experience that right um but somehow that gets muddled up in our own machinations 
Well, and the real issue is that an hour is not an hour, especially in games. Personally, and I know I'm an outlier, but like I'm very willing to pay a lot more money for something that's polished. I've reached the point where I'm willing to pay more for less. Like if a game seems smaller, I'm willing to pay more dollar per unit of entertainment or whatever proportionally than if it's a larger game Mm -hmm. because I know the smaller game is probably more polished and just a more enjoyable experience. That's what I want. I don't want some dilute experience. I want something that's punchy and focused and maybe only three hours long, but I'd rather get three good hours and spend 20 bucks on it or whatever. I mean, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but... You want three hours where your immersion never gets broken, where the things you do get responded to, as opposed to something that you're going to play with friends for maybe 20 hours, but half the time you you know very clearly you're playing a game and maybe half the interactions aren't exactly matching what you want. Like, I totally feel you there. Um, no titles immediately popped in my head uh, since we've been talking about Pop 1 for a while now. But yeah, I get you. And um, I think with uh, yesterday, me kind of breaking down and buying some things on the <laughs> Lunar New Year sale, that was my getting over the hump of being a stingy, entitled gamer and giving back a bit more to the VR dev community, despite it being on a sales day. But come on, those sales prices are kind of low. Cut me some slack. Yeah, I mean, it took you guys haranguing me for months for me to break down and buy Pop 1. Yeah, it was definitely at least one to two months. And then like another month to actually play it. Yeah, we had to talk about it for like one to two months to kind of get over that mental hump of is this just a flavor of the month game is this something that is like actually worth my time less so than it being a flavor of the month but maybe on a technical level like is this worth me getting and especially from the multiplayer standpoint like you said the communities die out really quick so when a multiplayer game does come out you are either jumping on the flavor of the week train or doing what you did, which is like wait and see if there's any staying power. And if people are still talking about it, then it probably is okay to like jump in and, you know, enjoy, which you did. And the community's still there. Like you're definitely still able to quickly find matches. Okay, Matt. So now that we've kind of talked at length about this game overall, like if you're talking to our audience, our new quest users, our returning quest users, anyone who wants to like, you know, be playing VR, would you recommend this game given its price, given what you have played with it and given, you know, what else is on the market in terms of VR battle royales, specifically for Oculus Quest? If you play any battle royale on PC or console or whatever, non-VR, you know, whether it's Warzone or Fortnite or Apex or insert other battle royale here. If you like that and you're looking for an equivalent experience in VR, Population 1 pretty much nails that. It will give you what is on the tin. It will give you that experience, but you're in a VR headset. Whether or not after experiencing that, you'd come to the realization that actually what you wanted was something else in VR, who knows? But it is worth the money if that's the experience you're looking for. If you're not super into those types of games and you're looking to like, oh, like, but it's in VR, so maybe it's better or different. No, it's the same. Yeah, I feel that. I can kind of get down with that. Um, I would recommend it if you want to be 
cool monkey man who could fly around and shoot and do crazy shit, I would say go ahead and pick it up. And it's very fun when you have friends to play with. But if you don't, the pregame lobby is always a fun place to make new friends. We did a whole episode on that. There will be a link in the show notes. Go check it out. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, please visit headmountedpodcast.com and sign up for our email list so you can get notified as soon as new episodes come out. You can listen to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. If you would like to discuss this episode or suggest future topics or comment other things at us, you can visit our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash headmountedpodcast. And if you really love the show and want to help us out, please follow our Twitter at Mounted Head and our Facebook page at Head Mounted Podcast. Also, tell your friends about the show. Word of mouth really helps. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of this episode. We will see you at the next Head Mounted destination. Bye-bye.